I think what Isaiah is saying here, and I think what God is saying here is, what if, is it possible that you're so obsessed with what God did that you're missing what God is doing? Is it possible that you are so obsessed with what God did in your life that you are missing what God is doing in your life? Well, hey there, if we have not yet met, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of how that mission comes to life. I'll tell you, growing up, I think I would describe myself in probably some similar ways to the way you would describe yourself because you're listening to this podcast I would say that I was very driven. I would say that I was achievement-oriented. I I would say in some seasons I was very ambitious. And certainly there are ways where I can point to all of those qualities as being incredible strengths and really being reasons for why I get to do what I get to do today. But as with any strengths, and I'm sure you can relate to this, I can also point to ways in which that sense of drive and and obsession with growth and just absolute ambition towards the future and towards doing more and towards always being better, where yes, it can be an incredible strength, but it could also be an outrageous weakness. And that kind of ties into the topic that we're talking about today, because I'll never forget, I was sitting down with a mentor, this was a handful of years ago, and we were sitting down and kind of talking about the fact that I'm just a very goal-oriented person, and especially at that time, and I would say I've actually loosened up on that some since this actual conversation, but I was a very goal-oriented person, it was almost like Anytime I achieve something or accomplish something that I've been working so hard towards, that I've been running towards, the first thing that I asked, the first thing that was that was always on my mind was, "What's next? What are we going to do next? What are we moving towards? What what is the next thing that we're going to do?" Right? And and there was never value or contentment in the place that we were today because it was always, "What's coming for tomorrow?" And like I said, there was a lot of value that came from that absolute relentless single-minded obsession with what's coming tomorrow and what's next, right? And in some ways that can be characterized as a growth-oriented mentality. But it was as I was sitting down and kind of talking about this mindset, talking about this mentality and specifically talking practically about my career and about what was next and about what I was moving towards, that this mentor slowed the conversation down a little bit And he said something that I'll never forget and has continued to stick with me to this day. He said, Alex, if you always live life for what's around the corner, you'll look up one day and realize you never actually lived any life. (sighs) That was what I needed to hear in that moment. And that is still what I constantly need to hear and be reminded of today. And so as a result, I don't want to just tell this as a story of what happened to me. I want to give this statement to you. Listen to me. You are a driven, growth-oriented, achievement-focused, impact-driven leader. And the message that I want you to hear today is that if you always live life for what's around the corner, you'll look up one day and realize you never actually lived any life. 
we're talking today about the power of presence. Because so often we can become so nostalgic about the past or obsessed with the future that we miss out on the power and magnitude and profundity of the present. That although we are physically here today, we are mentally and emotionally and spiritually elsewhere. And what I want you to know is that one of the greatest gifts that you can give the people you influence and impact being your team members, being your customers, being your family, but also one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself is your personal commitment to being a present leader to actually choosing to say, I'm not gonna get caught up in the rat race of only thinking about tomorrow or only dwelling on yesterday. I'm going to actually be where my feet are. I'm going to be here today. And this is such a powerful topic that I, I wanted to break it down into two sections. And so we're gonna do two episodes on this. And today we're talking about the power of presence. And what we're gonna focus on is what does the present leader understand, believe, and know? And then we'll close out with talking about the enemies of presence. And then from there, in the, in the next episode on this topic, we're going to talk about the practice of presence. So we're gonna talk about the power of presence today. And I wanna, I wanna make a compelling argument for why this is something that demands your attention, but more than that, demands your work. Because what we are talking about today will require you to work. It is not gonna be your natural disposition. But I wanna make a case for why it's worth it and why it's so valuable and why it actually could be the key to you unlocking a greater sense of contentment and fulfillment and also leadership excellence in your life. And then in the next episode, we're gonna talk about how do we make this absolutely actionable and practical because we're gonna talk about truly 11 actions that contribute to the practice of being a more present leader. But today we're talking about the power of presence because what we said is that if you always live life for what's around the corner, then you'll look up one day realizing you never actually lived any life. And so the way I wanna organize this is I wanna talk about present leaders. And as I was writing this content, I was thinking about some of the most present leaders that I know. And really, I thought about a little bit, whenever I am operating at my best from a posture of presence, which believe me, this is a daily battle, it's a daily struggle, but when I am attending to the higher angels of my nature with regard to this topic of presence, what are the things that, well, those leaders and myself and other people that I observe understand and believe and know? Because a lot of times if we can identify and highlight the framework that serves as the undergirding for an attitude or mindset like presence, well, then we can start to reproduce it and become more intentional about practicing it. And so I want us to talk about what present leaders understand what present leaders believe, and what present leaders know. So let's start with what present leaders understand. The present leader understands that attention is an investment. I'm gonna say it again. The present leader understands that attention is an investment. Think for a second about the language that we use. 
whenever we're talking about the topic of attention, I, I uh, bet you've probably used this phrase if you have kids, but I've used this phrase with myself. I've used this phrase with my friends. Whenever we talk about that topic of attention and we say that we want someone to give attention, we don't say give attention. We say pay attention. <laughs> I, uh, hopefully the audio quality on this isn't horrible because I kind of yelled that. But so often that's what we're thinking whenever we say that phrase. We think that we're yelling and we get all the time. We say, pay attention. And I think it's so indicative of what we're actually trying to say and what we're actually conveying. What we're saying is that when we give our attention to something, it's going to cost us something. You have to pay attention and what I want you to know is that as a leader, your attention is one of the most valuable resources that you have personally that you can invest in to the lives of others, into the people you influence, into the business you operate. Your attention is an investment, at least if it's placed in the correct area. Now, I would say that there's a difference between spending and investing your attention. You see, when we spend something, we either get an incremental exchange, I give you this, you give me that, right? Or we don't get anything back at all, right? We just spend our attention, we just gave it away. And I'll tell you, like the areas where I spend my attention can a lot of times look like my phone can a lot of times look like Instagram, can a lot of times look like Facebook, can a lot of times look like the TV, can a lot of times look like mindless, distracted work that doesn't actually accomplish anything productive, right? We're spending our attention because we are certainly giving our attention away, we're paying it, but we're not actually getting a return. Conversely, an investment is something that doesn't just provide an incremental return, an investment provides back an exponential return. And so present leaders know that attention is an investment. And when they choose to place their attention somewhere, they are doing it with the expectation that it's possible to get an exponential return. And therefore, whenever they pay attention, they pay all of their attention. It's not a fractional investment. It's not a part-time investment. It's a full-time, actively engaged, life-giving investment. What does this look like? Well, it looks like eye contact with the person sitting across the table and a phone that isn't even on the table. What does it look like? It looks like setting aside an hour every single day where all electronics are off and you're just going to work on the business by thinking about and focusing on the work that is above and ahead of where things currently are that will create a greater return for the people and customers that your organization serves. What does this look like? Well, it looks like you choosing to be fully engaged with your family whenever you go home at the end of the day and not being half of yourself at work still and half of yourself at home. This is what we're talking about when we talk about investing attention. You are an impact-driven leader. Impact-driven leaders don't mess around with fractional investments. They go all in. And, and when it comes to this incredibly valuable resource that you have inside of you called your attention, I would challenge you to start thinking about your attention as an investment because present leaders understand that attention is an investment. 
And a lot of times it's worth mentioning that anytime you make an investment, sometimes you don't feel the return immediately. Sometimes you don't feel the return immediately. Sometimes the return can be rather delayed. And that doesn't mean that it's wrong. And so it requires you to engage in the act and the art of delayed gratification by saying, I believe so much that this is the right thing to do that I don't have to have an instant feedback loop that my presence is being rewarded right now because I know it will pay off in the long term. Your attention is an investment. Okay, so we focused on what does the present leader understand. Now I want to focus on what the present leader believes. The present leader believes that now is a gift. I'm going to say it again. The present leader believes that now, today, the moment that we're in is a gift. Uh, I think we've probably all heard that cheesy line that says, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. <laughs> and it's cheesy, but it's so true. And, and sometimes it like I am required to reflect on how absolutely absurd today is. Think about this for a second. Today is absolutely absurd. Do you realize the number of things that had to line up in perfect order for you to exist in the moment that you are in right now, where you live right now? Like it is, I mean, it is mind blowing to think, number one, just the fact that this planet called Earth in the middle of this vast universe could come to be, like the chances of that happening are so insanely small, it's just outrageous. And then not only that, you have a spot. This is crazy, right? And if we aren't having our mind blown by the fact that you have a spot on this planet, but not only that, you have a spot in the 21st century. But not only that, many of you live in the United States, which is one of the most prosperous countries in the history of the world and therefore in the history of the universe. So you live in the 21st century, which is the most technologically advanced time in human history and one of the most prosperous countries in human history on this planet that has a like one in billions chance of even existing and you have a spot. But we're going to focus on something else other than today. That is crazy. Like sometimes we have to come back and just realize, holy cow. I can't believe this is happening. And you know what that creates, at least in me? That creates outrageous gratitude. And it creates gratitude not just for these huge extravagant experiences, although those are great too, but it creates gratitude for the daily and for the consistent and for the mundane. It creates outrageous gratitude for a cup of coffee in the morning. I just love this cup of coffee. <laughs> it creates outrageous gratitude for the fact that we get to do life with other people. I just love people and we should all love people. It creates outrageous gratitude for whenever we are blessed enough to experience seasons of health because that's not a given. And one of the things that I've learned is if I want to experience presence, I should first start by practicing gratitude.
and not just intellectually or logically practicing gratitude, but emotionally feeling gratitude. Because gratitude is one of the most powerful emotions that we are capable of experiencing because it's the antidote to so many negative emotions, right? It's impossible to be grateful and anxious at the same time, right? You can't do it. And so what we have to focus on is remembering and recognizing and believing at the core of our being that now is an absolute gift and it is so unbelievably far from being guaranteed, it's not even funny. So what do present leaders understand? Well, the present leader understands that attention is an investment. What do present leaders believe? Present leaders believe that now is a gift. And then let's move on to the final one. What do present leaders know? Well, the present leader knows that their attitudes and actions will be replicated. This was one of my biggest takeaways from my conversation on this podcast with Michael Hyatt, who's just become an incredible friend and mentor of mine. He talked about the law of replication, and it's a relatively simple idea, but as with most simple ideas, the magnitude of it should not be denied or ignored. If you are a leader, which you are a leader then you need to recognize your actions and attitudes will be replicated for better or for worse. And the present leader understands that their actions and attitudes of presence will be replicated. And therefore, a present leader knows that if they want to have a present team, if they want to have a present family, if they want to have a present customer base, if they want to be present with the people around them, what should they start by doing? They should start by being present. Because you will reproduce the way you act and think. And so the thing that might be worth focusing on is just thinking about the fact that it's really difficult to be scattered and distracted around a person that is deeply present and committed. I'm going to say it again. It's really difficult to be scattered and distracted when you're around a person that is incredibly present and committed. Have you ever sat across the table from someone that is just an incredibly outrageously present person and you find yourself being more present? Number one, what we should take from that is that if we want to be more present people, we should start hanging around with present people. But then also, what would it look like for you to be that influence, for you to be that sense of powerful presence in the lives of others, because make no mistake, your attitudes and your actions will be replicated. This ties into our core value that we always say at the end of this podcast, strength is for service. You're not becoming outrageously present just for you. You're becoming outrageously present so that others may benefit from your presence and become more present themselves. That's what we're talking about. So let's review real quick. Present leaders understand that attention is an investment. Present leaders believe that now is a gift. And present leaders know that their attitudes and actions of presence will be replicated. 
And so it's in light of what we understand, what we believe and what we know that I kind of created a definition of presence that I'm kind of moving forward as operating with. Because like I said, this is something that I am working on. I believe me, I am not teaching this as someone that has this topic of presence figured out. I am just as much preaching the topic of presence to myself as I am to you. But, but here's what I'm thinking about whenever I think about presence moving forward. To be present is to express gratitude with your attention in such a way that others feel compelled to do the same. You know, you're not gonna find this definition in a dictionary and that's because I made it up, but it's, it's in light of the understanding, the belief and the knowledge that we already addressed kind of in the totality of this episode that we land on this definition that to be present is to express gratitude with your attention in such a way that others feel compelled to do the same. I am so grateful for today. And because I am so grateful for today, I want to express that gratitude with one of the most valuable things I have access to, which is my attention. And I wanna be so good at attending to my gratitude for today that other people feel compelled and, and deeply desire to follow. That is what I believe is a definition of present leadership. And I already told you that we're going to do another episode on this topic of presence where we talk about the practice of presence because earlier we talked about the power of presence and next I want us to talk about the practice of presence. But before we end this episode, I just want to highlight three enemies that we should be on the lookout for with regard to the power of presence and with regard to you becoming and enacting and embodying presence in your life and in your leadership. I want to highlight three enemies to be on the lookout for. And then I just want to ask you one application question on the backside of this episode. So what are the three enemies? Well, the three enemies are worry about the future, nostalgia for the past, or distraction in the present. So I've got some references for each of these that I want to dive into real quick. The first enemy, and I would say probably there's one of these enemies that you are most likely to experience. The first enemy is worry about the future. In Luke 6, 27, Jesus says, who among you by worrying can add a single hour to their life? That's a pretty compelling question, Jesus. <laughs> who among you by worrying can add a single hour to their life. And I think one of the statements that Jesus is so effectively and artfully making in asking this question is what's the return on your worry? Because there is no return on worry because you can't get anything from your worrying. Now you can certainly get a return on your planning, but you and I both know that there is an emotional and spiritual difference between worrying and planning. Jesus is not telling you not to plan. Jesus is telling you not to worry. And if you are consistently consumed by worry about things that might happen or could happen in the future, that is the enemy that is keeping you from being outrageously present. And so what I would tell you is focus on one of the things that we talked about in this episode, focus on gratitude. Because it's virtually impossible to be grateful and anxious at the same time. So we said that enemy number one is worry about the future. We said enemy number two is nostalgia for the past. I want to read you something. We focused on this some at our Path for Growth retreat just a couple of weeks ago. And it was the first time that I've ever really 
kind of focused on this section from Isaiah 43. And I spent some time studying it and reading about it. Now, make no mistake, I'm not a, a theologian. And I'm not a pastor. So this is my reading of some commentaries on these verses and spending some time praying and thinking about these verses. And so if any of you want to create correct my theology, come at me, bro. Like, let's go. Let's talk about it because I love having those discussions. But here's what I learned in spending time with this section. It's Isaiah 43, 16 is where it starts. It says, thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Now, in spending some time with this section of scripture, one of the things that I learned is this is obviously referring to probably one of the most foundational Old Testament stories, which is the exodus from Egypt and the crossing of the Red Sea by the Israelites, right? Moses led the Israelites across the Red Sea. And in kind of learning about the context of this scripture in Isaiah, the culture, this is years and years, decades, I mean, hundreds of years removed from that occurrence happening, but the Israelites and the culture and the context of this verse being given or this of this statement being given by Isaiah is to a group of people, the Israelites, who that is one of their foundational stories that reminds them of God's promises and God's provision. And regardless of your faith, you don't have to believe what we believe, but we're not going to ignore what we believe. But what I would tell you is the principles that are imbued in this section of scripture apply to everyone regardless of their faith. And so Isaiah is giving them this message from God, right? And he's saying, this message is from that God that did that thing that you consistently focus on, right? That is one of the foundational stories, the crossing of the Red Sea, that at this time, the Israelites remembered and thought back to as the greatest sign of God's provision and presence and power and promise in their lives. And they always point back to, remember what he did. Remember what he did. Remember what he did. Don't forget, he's that God that helped the Israelites, that helped our ancestors cross the Red Sea. They weren't there to see it happen, but they focused consistently on remember what he did. And that's what this verse is talking about. It's saying, hey, this God that we're hearing from right now, it's that God. He did that. Don't forget that. He did do that. And then here's what it says right after that. This is 43.18. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? So I love this because it literally kind of slaps him in the face a little bit. He's like, hey, this is the God that did all of that. And then it says, forget all of that. <laughs> right? It's saying, don't, don't remember that anymore. And, and I don't think it's saying like completely abandon what God did in the past. I think what Isaiah is saying here, and I think what God is saying here is, what if, is it possible that you're so obsessed with what God did that you're missing what God is doing? Is it possible that you are so obsessed with what God did in your life that you are missing what God is doing in your life? We're talking now about nostalgia for the past. Because if we are consistently focusing on what's been done in the past or what we accomplished in the past, 
or what God did for us in the past or the relationships that we had in the past or the job that we had in the past or the way that we were saved and delivered in the past or the work and the leadership that we enacted out in the past. If we are so obsessed with that, we can't focus on the way we are being called to live and lead today. So I want you to be grateful for the past, but I don't want you to be nostalgic for the past. Think about Isaiah 43. It says, see, I am doing a new thing. And I want you to hear and recognize that as a leader, the season that you're in today, it may look completely different from the one that you experienced previously. And that does not mean it's wrong. In fact, a lot of times, Different is a sign of better. Maybe you're holding on to the thing that was good and God is trying to bring you what is best. That's what we're talking about here. So I don't want you to be blocked by worrying about the future. I don't want you to be blocked by being nostalgic for the past. I also don't want you to be blocked by distraction in the present. And as I was kind of thinking about how do I support this, like we all can kind of get behind that idea of distraction. And I know I'm someone that can struggle with being distracted in the present. And, and uh, I talk to people, leaders all the time who just say, man, I'm just struggling with getting distracted. I, I struggle with distraction, right? And maybe you would self-identify as being someone that struggles with distraction. But I think we use that word so often now that we miss out on what it actually means. Think about it for a second. Distraction. Dis. Traction. So the etymology of the prefix dis means to be apart and away with, right? So anytime it's dis, disjunction, distraction, right? Disunity, it means it's apart, it's away, it's not together, right? Now, what do we all say we want in our business? We say that we want traction, right? There's a freaking book written called Traction. And we all say, I just want to have traction in my business. I want to have traction with my people. I want to have traction with our customers. I want to have traction with this project or, the, or this product, right? And we're saying, I want traction. It means that I want to be engaged in progressive forward motion towards a worthy ideal or goal. I want traction. And when we're saying that we are engaging in distraction, folks, that is not a joke, that is not something to laugh about because when we say we are being distracted by our phone or distracted by fires or distracted by Netflix or Instagram or social media or distracted by what's going on in the world around us, what we are saying is I am actively participating in the enemy of traction in my life, my leadership, and my business. You can't be distracted in the present if you want to be a present leader, you have to be focused in the present. You have to invest your attention in the present like we talked about. Okay, so let's review the episode in totality. We said that we're going to focus on the power of presence because if we always live life for what's around the corner, we'll look up one day and realize we never actually lived life. And so what do present leaders understand? Well, they understand that attention is an investment. What do they believe? They believe that now is a gift. And what do they know? They know that their attitudes and actions will be replicated. And out of that comes this definition that to be present is to express gratitude with your attention in such a way that others feel compelled to do the same. And then what are the enemies I want you to be on the lookout for? Worry about the future, nostalgia for the past, and distraction in the present. 
Okay, so I told you I was gonna close out with one application question. The next time we're gonna spend the totality of the episode focused on the practice of presence. So here's the application question. What is one place today that you feel called to be outrageously present? What is one place today? Maybe it's a meeting, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's right when you get home, maybe it's at the dinner table, maybe it's at the breakfast table, maybe it's in your morning routine. It doesn't necessarily have to be other people involved. Maybe it's in your time working on the business, right? But what is one place today that you feel called to be outrageously, uncommonly present? And what did we say presence is? Well, it's to express gratitude with your attention in such a way that others feel compelled to do the same that you're gonna give so much of your attention to the thing in front of you because you're so grateful for the fact that that thing exists, that others see that and say, man, whatever he's drinking, I'll have some of that. Or what's going on with that? Because I will tell you, presence is attractive. And I believe that we are all called and compelled to be more present leaders. I hope this was helpful today, uh, but more than even just being helpful today, I hope this was challenging today. And I hope that you are someone that is taking this on as saying like, okay, I can always up my level of presence. And today is going to be a day where I focus on that. In that line of thought, one of the things that we do every single week is we send out an email called Worth It Wednesday, just to make sure everyone's staying engaged and uplifted with the content that we're putting out. And so often we hear back from y'all that you're actually taking action on the things that are in this email because we believe that most email isn't worth it. And so we set out to create one that is. It's worth your time, it's worth your energy, it's worth your presence. And so that's why we call it Worth It Wednesday. And every Wednesday we send a principle worth learning a question worth answering and a recommendation worth taking. If you want to get on that email list, it is a growing community of leaders, which is so awesome. We'll put the link to that in the show notes. Y'all, we're rooting for you. We want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.